0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 87 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And this was supposed to be, I think, number 84, but we had to, to postpone a little bit because uh, Brianna Battles had uh, lost her voice for a little bit, but she's a long, long overdue guest. I've been hearing about your stuff for a while and been digging into it for the last several months. And uh, you are the founder of, I want to make sure I get this right, Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. Uh, And you have a master's in coaching and athletic administration, and you're a certified strength and conditioning coach. So it's great to have you on.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Like I said, this has been a little overdue and I, I like kind of pointing out this thing for a very long time. I found it very challenging to find, I guess, really great resources out there in the space about things like, I guess, postpartum, pelvic floor health, you know, women's hormonal stuff. And so we're starting to see a little bit more of that. My friend Hannah Gray did a, a presentation recently at the, the provincial NSCA clinic, which was great. And then there you and your, uh, I guess she works with you, kind of a partner, Heather Osby, right? So mm-hmm. she's out there doing this stuff. And there's a couple other people, but it just felt, why has this been tough for a long time to find people who are doing a really great job of what you're doing Uh, I'll just, and yeah, and, and finding highly visible educators in the space, although it seems to be growing now.
1: It's definitely growing, but we've seen a huge cultural shift. I'd say within the last 10 years. And what I have noticed for the most part is this generation of millennial women are saying, Hey, this generic exercise guidance I'm getting from my doctor or how I'm being feeling dismissed in my gym by my coach like that's not good enough information. Or this avatar of female athlete gravitates to the sentiment of be a badass, do what you've always done, kind of like try to maintain as much as possible through pregnancy and then get back postpartum because they want to feel like themselves. Again, it's a huge identity shift for everybody. Even if it's a welcomed identity shift, it's still a hard one. And many of us are used to using exercise as a way to you know, like express ourselves and feel good in our body. And it is so much what we do and what we look like tends to be so attached to our identity and how we feel. And motherhood seems to just turn that on its head. And when you're having to adjust so much and see so many changes through pregnancy, and then experience a lot of changes, mental, physical, and emotional postpartum, that's, that's hard. So we've seen that occur, like the last you know, really like over the last 10 years and it's now it's becoming a thing. Whereas when I first was um, pregnant with my son, it wasn't a thing at all. Like at all, there was no information. And as a strength and conditioning coach, I worked with a lot of women. I was surrounded by really great professionals. This was never talked about. Like amenorrhea was talked about, ACL injuries for women was talked about, body image and like eating disorders were talked about for women. But pregnancy and postpartum, any kind of curriculum like that was totally dismissed. It was not in any of the certifications or undergrad or graduate work. Um, And there just wasn't access to information, at least not in a way that was relatable. It was all extremely clinical and honestly just like not relatable. I was like, that does not apply to me. So, you know, we were kind of left to figure it out on our own for quite a long time.
0: Which is kind of nuts, because let's talk numbers here. Um, And I'm not sure the exact statistic, but I know way more than 50% of fitness consumers are women. And I don't know statistics on the number of women who go on to have kids, but, and this is something that I've seen elsewhere, but Hannah Gray, again, said this Mm -hmm. in a recent presentation, but once you have had a child, you are always postpartum. That is like, right. And. I mean, my Instagram following, which, you know, it's not small, certainly is 60% women now, right? There's just something about, so again, women are consuming fitness knowledge or consuming fitness products or consuming coaching at greater rates than men are. So it seems to make a lot of sense for coaches, women, men, you name it, all ages, unless you are very specifically niched in like men's, uh, you know, aesthetics to right. know more about this stuff.
1: Right. Right. I mean, it's a We are all in. You know, something I say all the time is for the most part now, women don't need to be convinced that exercise during pregnancy is good for you. And it's funny because all of our research works to support like that narrative of like, well, it's good for you, it's good for the baby. And we're like, yeah, we know that. We've known that. What we are lacking significantly in the research, which I'm really trying to do everything I can about. is to say, yes, it's good for mom and baby. We know, we have known that what we need is to be able to like better connect the dots between core and pelvic health, long-term athletic performance, and the mental health of the female athlete through these seasons. Those are the things that are the greatest influencers of that lifetime of athleticism. We're seeing women now train into their 40s, 50s, 80s and beyond. And that is encouraged. That's encouraged by the medical community, right? And pregnancy and postpartum can really act as a catalyst for navigating how we enter a lot of these seasons because our body changes so dramatically, our lifestyle changes so dramatically, mental health changes so dramatically during these seasons. Therefore, how we train has to change a lot also.
0: What? you know, I mean, obviously this is stuff that you have, you know, courses in, but I've at least thought, a, you know, a few s- critical sound bites that push people in the right direction. What do you start with when it comes to how women should change their approach to strength training, their cardiovascular work um, yeah. during, and certainly after pregnancy?
1: Yeah. I'd say like when I first get a pregnant athlete who comes to me, what we try to focus on the most during the first trimester is Body education. Most of us have not been taught about <laughs> our bodies at all, at all. Like most people don't know what their pelvic floor is. They don't know what changes to their body to anticipate. We've been told you were made for this, just train for birth. And a lot of like really dogmatic elitist kind of messaging for female athletes, what we're not acknowledging, what's being totally dismissed is the changes to our body structurally, hormonally, um, and and just what our body has to do to accommodate the growth of a baby and then how that influences athletic performance and core and pelvic health symptoms. I try to say like, we cannot control every variable. Welcome to to motherhood. Like you can't control every variable, but you can control what you can. And you do that with getting as much information as you can about your body as possible, Um, anticipating those changes and being willing to make some of those adjustments. So I like to just say like during pregnancy, a diastasis is totally normal. That's the separation of the left and right sides of your abdomen. As the baby grows, that connective tissue has to spread in order to accommodate the growth of the baby. This is normal. This will happen in all pregnancies. Unfortunately, what we have seen on social media is a lot of like scammy, like, (laughs) A lot of scammy people in the pre and postnatal space who are like, well, we can prevent diastasis. We can do this. If you just do these exercises or buy my program, we can prevent this. And that's not how our physiology works during this season. It is our, you know, it's an adaptation and it's a very normal adaptation. And same with the pelvic floor. Now we're like having added pressure down below. And as the baby grows, that pressure grows. So we're not fragile at all, but we are also not invincible. And that's finding... That messy middle of understanding the changes to our body and understanding how our training can influence some of those changes to our body like that's how we have to lead with being strategic early on in pregnancy just being informed understanding what is a normal adaptation and then some of the things that we can do to in the ways we can control prevent potential symptoms so um Body education early on is really key because they're not being taught this by their doctors. They're not being taught this by their coaches. They're looking on Pinterest. They're looking on Instagram. And for the most part, they are not finding great information. Unfortunately, we've made huge progress. And also with the amount of progress we've made, the more like watered down a lot of this has become. So
0: (laughs) you mentioned doctors and I want to say this with a lot of nuance because I neither demonize nor deify doctors when it comes to this sort of thing. Right. One of my criticisms of doctors in a lot of scenarios is they will default to covering their own ass with a do no harm uh, right. message. So, and that often means, hey, don't work out during pregnancy because let's say this person continues to work out. And I mean, here's another thing people don't talk about <clears throat> is miscarriage rates. They're much higher and it's much more common than people like to talk about it. Sort of this taboo thing. So if the doctor turns around and says, well, don't work out, but if something happens, well, the doctor's not, you know, theoretically sort of culpable, but if something does happen, the person could theoretically say, well, oh, it was because I was working out. We know that this is common, a lot of factors, just your thoughts on that. Because I mean, I have a particularly nasty uh, thought about the doctors who turn around and unilaterally say, oh, don't work out while you're pregnant.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, we just have no evidence to support that working out in pregnancy isn't beneficial unless there are like significant contraindications, right? Like that we know from the get go, but that's not super common. It's just not common. So what we can do and what I'm hoping to do is to link arms with more people in the medical community and say, like, if you don't, like, if you have a female athlete who comes into your office and she wants to work out, she wants to keep doing CrossFit or she wants to power lift, or she's a triathlete, how can you best support her and best support her by referring to those who are qualified to work with that individual, a pelvic health, physical therapist, or physiotherapist, um, and a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach who can really appropriately guide where you're not taking on, um, that risk essentially, but you are referring to those who can help guide, right? Like that is what I hope the medical community can continue to do a pretty good job of is knowing like what's truly within their scope and then referring to really help support the whole person experience through that season.
0: Is there anything a coach can do if they run up against a doctor who is just like, Nope, don't work out. And this is what they're telling the client.
1: I try really hard to tell my female athletes, like ultimately my opinion and your doctor's opinion are just opinions, right? Like you can make an autonomous choice for you on how you want to train. I will give you my guidance. You can take the guidance from your doctor. I can tell you my experience. I can show you the evidence. I can, um, you know, share different like experiences of people that I've worked with. I can share my own experiences. Here's what we know. And it is on you to make the choices that you're comfortable making during this season. It is not up to me. And frankly, it's not even up to your doctor. You are in charge of your body.
0: And I guess, you know, Part of your mission is to raise a level of education about all of this sort of stuff. So that way it's simply just out there more that more women understand and trust the fact that, Hey, this is good for my health. This is good for the baby's health during pregnancy and that they're quite determined to make sure that they are staying physically healthy during. And if they run up against a practitioner who is just, it's the same thing as, you know, you send someone to a physical therapist and that physical therapist says, Oh, stop working out. I'm actually a little bit more vicious about that. And I will overwhelmingly tell anybody saying, if you have a physical therapist or another clinician who tells you to stop working out just in general, because you're dealing with some sort of injury, go find another actually qualified physical therapist. And I mean, I, unless it's like someone who specializes in pelvic floor health, I mean, I won't even deal with physical therapists who are not actually skilled and knowledgeable in strength training. Just, I'm not even remotely interested in dealing with them.
1: Totally. Because people need to feel understood and they need to feel seen. And what I've seen happen a lot, um, with our, this generation of women, right. is like, you tell us, we can't do something. We're going to say like, F you watch me. And so it almost like creates this, like even more intense response. Cause like my doctor told me I can't lift over 25 pounds, like screw him. I'm going to do like whatever I want. And then like the ego really kicks in a lot more than maybe what it would have originally. If the doctor was like, yeah, you know what? Like can consult with this person or here's a few things to be aware of, like your pelvic health. Your body just changes a lot and that changes the pressures on your core and your pelvic floor. You might be susceptible to more symptoms. So consult with a professional who can really help guide your training. You know, like that is a really simple way to to create connection with your patient or with your client uh, and then refer to the appropriate sources where they at least, have enough to know like, why didn't anyone tell me, right? Because that's a sentiment I hear all the time is why didn't anyone tell me? Why didn't I know? Why why was I told this? Why was I told that? Um, And my effort is to make sure that less and less people end up feeling that way where they say, I wish I would have known. Why didn't anyone tell me? I didn't know that this could happen or this would happen. I didn't know how to adjust my exercise during pregnancy. I didn't know how to Progress myself postpartum and to heal. And now I have all these symptoms or I'm just really struggling like that. I hate that for people. Like I hate that. And that's a really lonely, overwhelming feeling. And then you don't really know who to turn to and what to talk about because your doctor doesn't fully get you. And you know, the physical therapist may not always understand the kind of exercise you want to do. And so that's why for me, educating coaches has been the biggest game changer because we can kind of be this first line of defense where we are like, we kind of like just can capture these people, right? They come to us because they want to work out. They want to feel like themselves again. They want to feel good in their body. They potentially want to like lose weight. Cool. We can acknowledge all of that. And here's a strategic way to do that. Here's a strategic way to train during your pregnancy. Here's a strategic way to kind of like rebuild your capacity postpartum in a way that really respects in a lot of ways, the injuries that your body has right now. Like, I hate saying that birth is like an injury because again, we're not fragile but it's a significant physiological event. Like a lot happens there. Through pregnancy and postpartum from like gaining a lot of a lot of weight to the, your structure changing, homo- hormonal changes, connective tissue changes, sometimes organ position changes, there's a lot that happens. Therefore, you can't just like come right back to training. So we but- need coaches to like really get that
0: not to mention C sections are very common now right i just had a client she's not back yet she just had a c section right i've worked with women before who've had c sections and that is a substantial physical like and i'll use the term trauma right it, it is a it is something that has to heal right i mean there's been major tissue being cut through um any I mean, this is a little broad
1: but yeah
0: and again there's so much here but any practical wisdom, either for the coach or the person, you know, the client, the, the, the lifter um, during the pregnancy process, during postpartum general guidelines that maybe aren't well-known that at least can help someone navigate this in terms of maybe how they should modify things, things they should be alert to.
1: Yeah. I think again, that body education of like diastasis is normal. This is a thing. And here's a few things you can do to to um, manage that. And like diastasis and pelvic health, honestly go hand in hand. So it's, I think there's this uh, hyper-focus on diastasis because it's really easy to be concerned about your abs. If you talk to somebody about their vagina, they're like, ooh, I don't know. And if you like mention that to coaches, they're like, "Uh, I don't know about that. But it's honestly the same system that experiences pressures either out on the core or down on the pelvic floor during pregnancy. So some changes we can make that are kind of becoming more commonly known, but probably not enough, is taking inventory of what your unique tendencies are. For a lot of us, we have been like sucked in, holding our abs in for a really long time. That creates more tension in that system. So then the pelvic floor and the abs are just kind of holding tension all the time. You add a baby on top of that tension and it's just a lot harder. We need the system to be able to be coordinated, to lengthen, and a shorten and not just essentially hold this cable that is happening because we have our stomach sucked in all the time. So it's taking inventory of like who you are and what, what, what you do even before pregnancy, <laughs> postural considerations. And I'm not like an alignment nerd or anything like that. It's just inventory. Like I have a fighter I'm coaching right now. And the first time I saw her, I was like, she has no glutes and she kind of stands with like her, like, butt just kind of clenched and tucked under. So <laughs> I knew before, like, right when I met her, okay, then I, she's a pelvic health athlete. I need to be concerned about Mm -hmm. through her pregnancy. I am have like a higher, um, concern for her pelvic health than anything else because of her baseline tendencies, because this has been her posture for so long. Like she does Muay Thai. Okay. So that's like a hips forward kind of sport, right? Like these are things we have to kind of look at like what their athletic history is, what what their just like their body in and of itself is like, um, for me, like I was like polo, so I like threw a lot, right? Like my rib cage could really expand. So I was likely more prone for diastasis because my posture was like really ribs thrusted. So it's taking that inventory of what your tendencies are prior to pregnancy, or at least during pregnancy to know what am I potentially more susceptible to? What changes can I make to my breathing, my my form with lifting? Cause your form, like you can have good form normally but it might have to adjust a little bit in terms of like your positioning um, or your range of motion and then loads. Like this might be heavy for me, or it might, excuse me, it might not normally be heavy for me, but it's actually heavy for my body right now. It's not a test of muscular strength. It's a test of like how much added pressure is this creating on my system? And so we have to really, really check in with that ego. And I think that's probably something that gets really overlooked unless people follow me. And I've just tried to beat this message into the ground. It's like, if you don't address your uh, mental health and those motivations there first, none of the exercise advice I give you is going to matter because you're going to like, your ego is going to override that. And we're used to giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt. We're used to kind of pushing, or I should be able to lift this, or this isn't heavy for me. But when your body is changing, it's more of a map, like, I kind of have to focus on that bigger picture, be able to zoom out and say, Right. But at a year postpartum, I want to be lifting this Right, at a year postpartum. I want to be running this far. So what can I do now to adjust my training, to support that process and, and just sort of surrender, like surrender our ego, be willing to adapt, still stay in the game, right? Like stay in the game, stay in your environment, do the things you want to do, but you have to do them differently. And that makes you a better athlete long-term, like athletic maturity is the best gift pregnancy, postpartum and motherhood can give us if we are willing to accept it.
0: Uh, something that you said in there, and I'm going to double down and endorse, is like, people just need to go follow you, right? Especially if anybody's kind of like, oh shit.
1: Thanks.
0: <laughs> overwhelming because I just don't know very much about it. And male coaches, guys, especially us, right? Like, we, we yeah. seriously need to double down on this stuff way more and know more about it. I don't think there's anything. Like, w- women's uh, you know health training certifications are not just for female coaches either right like seriously i
1: love when guys go through my certification and oftentimes it's they're like we have an influx of pregnant women in my crossfit gym and i feel like i have no idea what workouts to give them or what, what modifications get or it's the i'm a coach and my wife is pregnant and she like really wants me to understand like what her training stuff should be it's like those are the two avatars of men i tend to get who go through my certification and it's rates, because like, this isn't uncommon. Like if you're a coach, you're more than likely going to be coaching a pregnant or postpartum person at some point in your career, unless you're like working in the NFL or something like that. If you were a personal trainer or strength conditioning coach, any of any, you know, any kind of like, um, yeah, just working any gym like setting you will, especially now, like the next 10 years, it's going to be insane. Like we're going to have more and more pregnant and postpartum athletes. That are training and more women that are training consistently into their 30s 40s 50s and beyond like you better understand what their body has been through or is going through
0: or you can just decide screw this and i'm just going to go train guys who want abs <laughs> i've got yeah. some pals yeah. work exclusively with men and i respect that shit, but yeah. I mean, if anything my my clientele probably historically has been i'd say 50 50 probably men and women but yeah. more and more as the you know the following grows um, you know, me and my partner in this uh, business project, Bailey, we have an online women's group strength training program, right? And again, yeah. that is very, very hard to get into the in nuts and bolts of like some of the specifics of, of individual clients and their experiences, whether they're postpartum or whatnot. Um, I, yeah. We haven't had anybody yet who's trying to go through the program. and I don't think we would recommend it who is actually pregnant, but that who knows? I mean, maybe as this thing grows, we'll have to take this into consideration, but Uh, I think it's just a great growth avenue. And I think most coaches are spending a lot of their time worried about growing their careers, being busy enough. And if you are lacking all this very essential skill set, you are missing out on the possibility of working with a growing, rapidly learning population. I've said this before in a few places, but I like saying it again. You know, I've been in commercial gyms for over 20 years as a lifter, and i I've noticed the last, certainly four or five years, there's a dramatic increase in improvement in the quality of what I see as a whole in gyms. People know more. But then I sort of stopped and was like, well, young guys, they're kind of still doing the same shit they've always been doing. They're a little bit better. And the older dudes, they're they're still doing the same bullshit they've been doing for like the last 30 years, right? That that never changes. Older women, definitely more present, more visible, 100%. but." The really big improvement is watching what I would call, and again, arbitrary younger women, older women, whatever. I don't know where the cutoff point is on that, but I'm just noticing that women in general and younger women, what they know what they're doing. They're in gyms and they really know what they're doing. And I think that's people who are doing a really good job of getting information out. And yes, we complain about the influencers who share all this bullshit, but there's a lot of really smart people who have big followings who are getting good information in front of people, whether it's, you probably know who Katie Crew is, right? Because Katie actually went through her pregnancy on her social media or Sohee Lee or Lauren Simpson in Australia. We're talking about some massive followings who are actually teaching women how to do things right. So let's pivot a little bit because there's only so much we can get into about, again, the specifics, and I hope people will do a deeper dive with your stuff, but what made you step into this space in the first place as an educator? How'd that happen?
1: Yeah. Um, I got just wrecked by my first pregnancy, like not not necessarily the pregnancy. I just trained the way that I wanted to train during my pregnancy, which was not making a lot of modifications. Um, I just wanted to maintain. And I thought that because I was strong, because I was fit and because I was like educated in this space, um, that I was fine, like train for birth. You were made for this. And if you have a really fit pregnancy, you will bounce back. And I was like, very in that culture, right? Because that it was either that or don't lift over 20 pounds or do yoga and use pink dumbbells. And like, that was just not my vibe. Um, and then I ended up having a really traumatic birth experience an emergency C-section. And afterwards I just felt like so much shame and like, I just, and I didn't understand my body, what my body had really been through after all of that. It was a very humbling experience. And as I, made progress postpartum. I was also like deep, deep into like depression and anxiety. And I was using exercise to sort of like try to out train a lot of those feelings and experiences. Um, Cade was just like a hard baby. Like he just kicked my ass in every single way. And it just felt like I sucked at everything. Like I was just feeling constantly. But the one thing I had was like, ooh, I can be like really fit. And I can like at least not look like I had a baby. And so I just put so much time and attention into that and ended up realizing even after I had lost a lot of weight, plus some, I got like really thin. Um, I was like, my abs are not the same. Why does my belly button look different? Why, like, why do I just feel different in my core when I'm lifting? What has happened here? Like, what is so different? I didn't understand it because again, back then diastasis was not talked about. It was not on the radar, even a little bit nowhere, quite literally nowhere. Even the people who claim to work in like pre and postnatal fitness or, um, doctors, physical therapists, like nothing. So it, it really just took a lot of, um, a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of like reaching out, talking to a lot of different people to understand like, okay, your abs separate during pregnancy and postpartum, um, you know, like you can have a significant diastasis or you can have pelvic health symptoms. And this is what that would look like. And I'm like, oh God, okay, well, I definitely have a diastasis. And it was pretty significant. It was like, eight centimeters separated. um, And that fascia was really like spread out and thin. I have like huge babies, it's just not cool. Like I'm five, three and I just grow like 10 pound babies, like straight out. It's insane, Um, which is why I'm retired from doing that. But, um, you know, so I had a really significant diastasis both from a huge baby and also because of my pressure management strategies and what I was doing during pregnancy. I was lifting really heavy, you know kind of like Valsalva constantly because that is what we had been trained to do. So like then you're increasing how much pressure is already like already existing on your pressure system. So postpartum, I'm like looking back going, Oh God, like I definitely contributed to this. Obviously not again, not everything is in our control, but a lot of my training choices. And then a lot of like my ego driven choices, postpartum really hurt me in a lot of ways, like mentally, physically, emotionally. And I knew that if I could learn as much as possible about core and pelvic health and then use my background in strength conditioning research to just connect dots so that female athletes like me and coaches like me had a much better understanding of this population because I'm not alone. Like I'm not like, I wasn't this like weird person who was like, ooh, I just really wanna be fit. Like There's a huge majority of us that just felt like the information available was either super extreme And then like led to the road that I went down or it was really generic. And then there was a lot of fear around training during pregnancy and postpartum and our bodies. And I wanted to do something about that because I was like, when I get pissed off about something, like I I don't, I don't recover unless I do something about it really. Um, And I ended up just spending years, honestly, years trying to learn as much as I could from as many different people as I could applying it all to my own body, applying it to the clients I was working with and that honestly just built a business slowly, over time um, to get better information out there for a population that had been not just overlooked but like not even acknowledged. Like it was a new population.
0: It's funny you hearing these stories. People either think that you know especially if you got larger social media, it's like your overnight success or you've no. always been there and they don't see. No the gradual progression.
1: No, uh, like eight years, this was only like, I say only, and also like, like, oh my God, eight years ago, right? Like it was only eight years ago that there was no resource. There was no like hashtag pregnant athlete that didn't exist. There was nothing like that. There was no easy you know, ebook on diastasis that you could just read to like understand your body or know how to adjust your exercise during your pregnancy. I mean, I've created all of that because I knew like if people can have access to information then they can make informed choices for their bodies and then their coaches can understand like, okay, like I understand this. Like if we as coaches can understand ACL injuries and like what we would have our client do to work around that injury or recovery from, recover from that surgery, like we should, at the freaking minimum, understand how to help our client through pregnancy and rebuild their capacity postpartum. If we can understand any orthopedic symptom, injury, surgery at a very basic level, we can understand pregnancy and postpartum at a very basic level. Do no harm.
0: I'm glad there's more information just getting out there and better resources too. And I, I'm not going to say any names, but I mean, I think the first two quote resources that I came across primarily I think about women's hormonal issues first of all one was a guy who's got a malevolent reputation for being a complete asshole across the industry and anybody who knows what I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about I'll have nothing to do with him because he's he's even sniped at me so forget that dude and I won't endorse him and two uh I was recommended a book and so I read this book it's like all right well there's all this stuff on women and it's like for for like the training world but then Mm -hmm. It refers to somatotypes, like endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, as if they're like scientific factual things. So there's a red flag because they're bullshit. And then there's, I mean, just look at Christian Bale in his different movies. Come on. Uh, And then there was also like a demonstration of a kettlebell swing in an exercise component that was completely demonstrated wrong. Like fundamentally so bad. I'm just like, And there was some, I can't remember what it was, but there's some other sort of like very basic nutritional concept that was wrong. And I'm just like, well, if all these other things are like wrong... That calls into question the credibility of all the other stuff that I'm not an expert in. I I can't verify it for myself. So I kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater on that that, that resource and that individual. I'm just like, all right, well, what the hell is out there? And I mean, at at least now you're raising a coming more and more prominent. We've got, like I said, my friend Hannah Gray, who doesn't have like the you just following ever, but she's amazing with this stuff. And I'm hoping that more people find out about her and girls gone strong is doing a lot of good stuff in this space. So, but at least I'm glad there are more resources and more people. So that, that's yeah, good. You know,
1: we've, we've made a lot of progress and, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, we have seen such an um, entrepreneurial shift in the fitness industry where it's never been easier to be a quote expert, right. And to create a product and to put something out there which is an absolute blessing. I've benefited a lot from that. And also it, I mean, it's hard because then we're sifting through like what's accurate information and like, how does that actually apply to me? And does it apply to me? And something that I feel um, really proud about and I feel that sets me apart from everyone is that I am this work. I am that athlete and I am this coach. Like I actually coach this population. I coach some of the highest level athletes who have to make a return to performance postpartum. And if I can coach them, I can coach that mom who wants to work out three days a week and not peer pants, right? Like if I can coach at that level, that has a great top down effect. And I understand what it's like to be in the freaking trenches. I have been through it twice, two different ways. I understand the nuances there. And, you know, like we, and I collaborate with like minded, And like hearted and effort people in the industry, because I'm not an expert on everything, but if I can refer to this person or, you know, like collaborate a lot with pelvic health, physical therapists, then everybody wins. We're elevating the quality control across the industry. And that is something that I have worked like very consistently on for at least six years. Like once the, once they started putting online products out there, it was like, Okay. Well, this is like a lot of responsibility to assume. So I want to make sure that if I'm putting myself out there like that, where frankly, anyone can talk shit or find nuance in anything that you do, then I need to like have people around me that can endorse the work I'm doing that can work with me that I can refer to that can just elevate the entire pre and postnatal space since it is so murky and a lot of people put stuff out there because they're a mom, they had a baby and they're like, okay, now I, I can give advice on this or they've read my stuff and then they create a program based off of reading my stuff um, or just there's a financial opportunity there, right? They're like, oh, we need to educate people on this or that. And then there's a program created there. I work really hard to, to again, like live this because I am this, I am this work and I can stand by that very purely.
0: Awesome. You put up a post not too long ago. Um, I mean, obviously there has been a few weeks delay, but so you might have to scroll a little bit, but you talked about athletic maturity and I really like this. So I actually just wanted you to explain it and what you meant by
1: it. Um, athletic maturity. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that athletic maturity is being able to enjoy the process and trust the process instead of being solely focused on the outcome where you can be in it and actually enjoy it instead of torturing ourselves that like i have to hit a 300 pound deadlift i have to um compete and win i have to be this certain aesthetic we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and i think that it can oftentimes rob the joy from fitness so being able to get out there and try new things, remove our ego from a lot of it. Like that gives you athletic maturity. It reduces your risk of getting injured. And again, if the goal is to stay in the game, even if the game changes, if the goal is to stay in the game for as long as we have the opportunity to, we have to go about it in a really smart and strategic way. We cannot let our egos drive us because it will crash and burn eventually in one way or the other, mentally, physically, whatever. gym culture, like all of it, like all of it will, if we bring in like toxicity to our approach. And so athletic maturity is, is really being able to uh, adjust our mental approach to how we train to serve us in the long run.
0: I think most coaches have bumped up against this sort of stuff. As you get that aging gym bro, I've gotten a handful of those (laughs) over the years who have to unlearn a lot of the behaviors that I I like this concept and this aligns with it. It's, we all develop a set of skills when we start out, especially if we start lifting in our twenties, right. Or maybe even like our teens, maybe they're, you know, we're talking about high school athletes or people who have time and the resilience and capacity to recover that comes from being in your twenties. And then you go through life and I mean, I don't have any kids, I'm 44, uh, but, you know, like career changes and all these sort of demands are your time. You don't have as much time and then people get away from it for a while. And then and this is a John Berardi story I know that I, I really like, but he talks to a friend and that friend knows exactly what he needs to do to lose a whole bunch of weight. And so John's like, right. and again, John's a PhD in nutrition, right? He knows his shit. And he's thinking, all right, well, why aren't you doing it? Oh, because he needs more time to be able to do this brute force formula that worked in his 20s and
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> newsflash that stuff don't work anymore. And right. we, you know, anybody who's listening, who is, you know, in your forties. Yeah. Like w- we're not all of a sudden like brittle and old and useless when we're in our forties beyond, but yeah, don't bounce back, recover. And the nagging stuff doesn't quite go away the way it did in your twenties. And that's just the reality of it. And if yeah. you're lifting heavy for a really long time, that in a way almost compounds this stuff. So right. I think a lot yeah. of people, kind of arrive at athletic maturity as they go through the process, but not everybody, uh, you know, thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, they have to arrive there, but like, God, how you arrive there can really suck and just like, and hurt, like hurt and to steal the joy from like, why are we doing this anyway? Right. Um, your seasons of fitness, can and will look different and they should look different and that's why i think pregnancy and postpartum for women is such a catalyst because it's like the, usually the first time in our life <laughs> where we're having to do things differently and it's like not just about us anymore it is like we are not fully in control of our bodies and we are not fully in control of how we feel and so it almost forces us to take a step back and reassess our approach to how we do things and It can be so hard. It can be so frustrating. And if we can try to reframe it as a huge opportunity to set us up and really give us so much like mental, like so much athletic maturity to know how to approach every season. Because guess what? Like pregnancy is one thing, postpartum is another thing. But now you're entering like sleep depression and breastfeeding and like so many different changes. And maybe like one day you're gonna, you know, have an ankle injury. You're gonna have this. Like your life throws curveballs, right? Like. It just does. There's no avoiding these curveballs balls that we're going to get. And if we want to stay dedicated to health and fitness, while all the balls are getting thrown at us, our approach has to look different. Like you're not always going to be like on your strength cycle. You're not always going to be training for that marathon and have that kind of like training volume. You're not always going to be doing that. And you have to be willing to be adaptable in your training approach and your routine. And most importantly, adaptable in your mental approach to that and how it makes you feel about your body. Because we, again, have been so ingrained to attach our worth to what we look like and what we can do. And pregnancy and postpartum is the first time that you're like, okay, I guess I have to reassess why I'm working out. And that's, that can be like a really humbling experience.
0: And we, we, know, we know that being dedicated to taking care of our fitness gives us a lot more resilience and capacity to deal with all of those curveballs that life throws at you and especially something like pregnancy, right? I mean, we haven't said it explicitly, but you know, on average, you take a woman who has dedicated herself to resistance training, she's strong, and she continues to do it at a, a way that is obviously healthy during her pregnancy, then she dramatically increases her long-term health outcome and the whole progression of her pregnancy. Right. And her and how she bounces back from it versus someone who never works out. That's true. Right.
1: Yes. And no. I mean, again, you can be super fit and you can have a really like traumatic birth and tear dramatically or have prolapse. And like that changes a lot that has to change a lot. And, um, and that can be like really hard because people are like, but I was fit. I was strong. I thought I did everything right. And I still have this And that's why like, there are just factors that are outside of our control, genetic factors, connective tissue factors, birth factors, birth injury factors that all kind of influence that postpartum season. And so that's why I think that body education during pregnancy and having a lot of support during these seasons is so crucial so that if you're dealt some cards that kind of suck, where you have a birth injury or you have some sort of symptoms, you pee when you squat or you pee when you jump, like then you have the appropriate resources and then you can use fitness your baseline of fitness to help continue that progress, right? Like fitness then becomes a tool because you have it as a baseline Being Fit is never going to like hurt you. It's not a bad thing, but it's not a guarantee of anything either. And so we have to be able to like walk that line and acknowledge that there's just a lot of variables that are outside of our control, but we do what we can, right? We prioritize our health. We prioritize our fitness to the best of our ability. And then we use that as a tool to support that continued effort towards that lifetime of athleticism whatever that looks like for that person
0: improves your chances and that's yeah. what I should have said yeah. uh, given the fact that there's just this is really the tip of the iceberg of all the stuff that you know and that you can share with people where where can people find out more about what your certification is called where they can find it where they can find you on social media so they can follow you
1: yeah well you can find all of my resources on my website that's www.briannabattles.com Instagram is at Brianna.battles. The brand page is at pregnant.postpartumathlete. And the certification course for coaches and practitioners or whoever just like wants to be a coach for themselves during this season is pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. It's also kind of referred to as the coach, the coach course. And we have thousands of coaches all over the world who are doing incredible work, both in their local and online communities. And it's been really awesome to see that kind of change and the, you know, the ripple effect that it's had. And if you're a pregnant athlete, I have a pregnant athlete training program that takes that second guessing out of, out of your training so that you know that you can train. It's just a well-rounded strength conditioning program. And then I also have an eight-week postpartum athlete training program that um, helps rehab and then rebuild your capacity so you can return to the kind of fitness you wanna do.
0: See, there's a lot of resources there. So well, everybody... there's a
1: lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it it shows the legacy of work that you, you know, the amount of work you put into building this stuff. Right. And as we talked about, because, well, hair hasn't necessarily been a whole lot of that out there, Um, but it's growing, which I'm really glad to see Um, everybody listening. Thank you again. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Brianna, you've been wonderful. So I hope everybody dives into your stuff, at least to start following you so that way they're getting more exposed to it, because there may come a point where maybe this is not what you're looking for right now, especially guys. But you may arrive at a point where all of a sudden, like you said, oh, shit, here all of a sudden I got a couple pregnant clients. Shit, I need to know more about this. And maybe that's a catalyst for them to go check out. So I want you, everybody to know who you are, be following your resources, have access to you. And for anybody listening, uh, thanks, of course, for, for tuning in again. For my legacy listeners, you guys are amazing. Uh, reach out to me. I want to hear from you guys on Instagram, please. And if you're not following me there, come on. Andrew Coates Fitness, go follow me. And if you're somebody who's brand new here, Um, who is just finding me through Brianna's media. Well, if you scroll through a lot of my past guests, you're going to find a lot of really incredible coaches, a lot of really incredible uh, female coaches who are doing awesome stuff in the industry, a lot of great educators. So hopefully you'll uh, check out a few more episodes and maybe get you to subscribe. Um, In the meantime, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate having you.
1: Thank you.